Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker. This is WP Water Cooler, episode number 119. Size matters. Why you should optimize your WordPress website. Let's go around the room here real quick and get everyone introduced. Hey, before we before we do that, let's just take a moment of silence to reflect on uh, the encouragement and the great life that Kim Parcell uh, led, and the way in which she was WP mom to all of us, and the way in which she interacted with the community. Uh, we mourn her loss. We, we don't know exactly when she passed, but we know she passed uh, in the last week, and um, it made a huge impact on our community. She made a huge impact on our community while she was alive. Um, and so let's just take a second, and then we'll, uh, then we'll introduce ourselves. Thanks. Chris, we do an alphabetic order. You're Chris. Go for yep, it. Exactly. I'll start. My name is Chris Lama. I'm the CTO over at a company called Crowd Favorite, where we do enterprise WordPress projects, and I also run the San Diego WordPress Meetup. I blog at chrislama.com. How often? Almost daily. Oh, Wait, oh it's almost. It's changed. 2015 in the house. I, I looked at 2014, and I published 315 posts, not... 365, so... Uh, you we appreciate your accuracy, sir. Kids, kids <laughs> just to let you know, Honestly, the, people you with, the people you hang around with have impact on you. Obviously, Steve has been having an impact on me. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> A negative impact. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Snap. Wow. That happened. Hey, Chris. Chris Wigman. Tell us about yourself. Sure. I'm Chris Wigman. I'm a developer for iThieves. I work on the iThieves security plugin. You can find me at Chris Wigman on Twitter or chriswigman.com. Nice. How about you, Dave? I'm Dave. I'm a software engineer, and I love writing code. I'm principal at Spectrum Tech, and we build custom plugins and e-commerce solutions. Nice. What about you, George? Hi, I am George Stefanis. I am the team lead for Jetpack over at Automatic. Uh, I contribute to Core, and I do all sorts of shiny stuff. So. Very cool. Sarah. Sarah, oh. tell us about yourself. Okay. Well, hi. I'm Sarah Weefault, <laughs> and I'm the production manager at Zeek. Say, you're on the hi. road. Hi. I am on the road again. I am Sayreed, and I teach WordPress, make WordPress, love WordPress, preach WordPress. Shouts out to the WordPress. At Sayreed Media on all the things. Steve. Happy New Year, also. What about you, Steve? I am Steve Zengen. I'm the founder of Zeke Interactive, and I lead the OC WordPress Meetup. Suzette. Hello, everybody. I'm Suzette Frank. I am a designer at WebDev Studios. Yes, a designer, because I use template tags. I don't make them. That's why I'm a designer. <laughs> oh, that's different. <laughs> I was wondering I about that. Say, I wanted to say that in a Pee Wee Herman voice, but I guess it, it didn't work out. What? <laughs> I don't make template tags. I just use them. Ah! <laughs> Awesome. Wow. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me Jason happened. Tucker on Twitter, and I blog over at thecommedia.pro. I think Suzette wins. Suzette, I'm done. Right. Let's go home. We're done for the year. Oh. Suzette, Optimize. you can be Penny of the Week. She optimized her uh, her um, intro there. So let's talk about optimization a little bit. How about that? Ooh, segue. Let's do that. 
segue. So the the topic came up. The topic came up because um, uh, Sarah's going to be doing a, a meetup topic tonight where she's going to be discussing uh, SVGs and optimization stuff and that sort of thing. So I wanted to you know kind of bring that up here and see if we can talk a little bit about that. Um, where what did that where did that come from, uh, Sarah? Like who who suggested it and what's kind of the you know. I mean, it's, it's been one of those things that people have repeatedly brought up and asked about because it's one of those things that a lot of people have heard a lot about, but it's one of those things that it's not immediately clear how to start integrating that into your site when you're used to working with JPEGs and chains and what have you. Yeah, I have a, I have a designer here at, at work who was asking about it. He's like, can I start using SVGs on the site? What, what do I do here? And... You know, do I just take the text that's in the file and just like drop it into the blog post, or like what do I do? <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm curious. So let's for for those non-techies that are watching, let's talk about what an SVG is. Svig. Svig. So a Svig is basically a XML document that describes the shape. So if all you if you have an apple, it would be. A uh, svug that basically says, "Here's the outline of the apple. Here's how the curves happen, and this is the color it's filled with." That's how the curves happen. Right. And so that that makes for a very very small file size. Yeah. <laughs> for, a very simple, for a very simple image, it would be a small file size. For something that's got thousands of individual components, bunch of gradients, mm -hmm. that could be a very big file size. Um, but the cool thing is, it's always a vector. So no matter how big it gets, you don't lose any quality. So if you if you're used to thinking about images, there there are kind of two ways to think about images. One is with lots of little dots in them. They're called pixels. And when you have an image that has a lot of little dots, colored dots, uh, you play with those and you can shrink them. But when you grow them, they will look worse. Right? That's uh, when you think about your JPEG. You get something like that. Um, those are those are pixel. Those are uh, raster images, and what SVGs are are vector images. And so vector images mm -hmm. are things that you might have used in Illustrator, for example. Which means you can take that image and you can grow it, you can scale it, and it doesn't lose uh, its clarity or sharpness. And that's one of the big deals with SVGs is that um, it's an instruction set, and so. Uh, whether you tell it that the radius of a circle is is small or it's large, it doesn't change the nature of the circle. You still get crisp, clean images. So size doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. So, uh, what, now that we've talked about what SVGs are, there is the question of browser support, which you always need to consider. Just so if you're optimizing for one subset of your browsers, you can't make sure you destroy it for the rest. Oh, yeah. And running them in line is always kind of a tricky thing too, right? Especially if you don't have the unfiltered HTML capability, like if you're using a multi-site install. So what about somebody who's running a WordPress site that wants to start using SVGs? Like what's a what's what's a good solution or at least a good starting place for it? I was doing a little research on this earlier and there I mean there's plenty of you know plugins that will help you do it, let you upload a file, have it stored in a the uh, the media uploader area and all that sort of thing, but like what what else is there that can be done to to you know start using them? Well, there's a number of different ways we can use SVGs today. Um, there's you can use them in CSS, saying I'm going to use this as the background image for something. Uh, you can do it inline via an image tag. Uh, so uh, you could say 
image source equals data colon uh, image slash SVG or whatever the thing is, then just the data right there in the image tag. Uh, or you can actually print them right into your DOM, into your document object model, uh, as the XML right there. Uh, some browsers can't support that, uh, and it makes it a little bit harder to fall back uh, for older browsers, but um, all of those are ways that you can shim SVGs into your web page. Did you use the word shim? Yes. You did? Shiv. Whatever. I'll take a pointy stick and get it in there one way or another. <laughs> just curious. So some of that stuff was it relates to like just putting it into the post itself, and other other parts of it relate to actually putting it into the uh, the theme itself. So like where you know if you, you don't want to have a plugin that's that's required to be able to have this thing run, uh, you know, have one of these SVGs run within the uh, um, within the theme. So like, how do you get around that? Is there some kind of, I don't know, boilerplate type something that you should, you know, always put in your themes in order to be able to use an SVG? I actually don't think you need anything. Um, you could just embed them like you would a GIF or JPEG or a ping. Okay. But, again, like George said, it's going to be browser-specific. Not all browsers support them. Do we know what browsers... I think I, it, uh, I know IE nine and above work. I I eight. I'm not positive. I think it's borderline seven and below. I'm pretty sure fail out. But uh, again, who really cares about seven? IE eight doesn't support shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do we see in the church or no? Jason's <laughs> okay. about to explode. Watch for it. Five. Watch for it. Four. Uh, here's. I'm looking. <laughs> so the Google's the Google say that Opera supports it. Yeah. <laughs> I, IE8 does not. Yeah, does and that, but globally, IE8 is like 4% browser global usage, so uh, I, I'm okay burning it just for the sake. But you might want to consider a fallback, like a ping fallback, just so, or graceful degradation. That's where you're having now. What's important about this chart that I'm looking at is, um, is the mobile browser. So it's supported on iPhone, it's supported on Android, uh, and most of the Android browsers. Uh, so SVG is mobile compatible. Does Jetpack do something special with SVGs? Um, not currently. Uh, Photon does not currently cache them um, because they're Photon's made to work with rasterized images um, for scaling and playing with modifying. So we don't really do terribly much with SVGs currently. But at some point, Jetpack will be the plugin that makes all your browsers SVG compatible. Is that, at is some that point, Jetpack's going to install WordPress for you, but. No, no. Um, Jetpack has its own browser now. Jet, Jetpack is, 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 going to, is going to be its own browser, and then it's going to publish a note saying, this SVG is published by WordPress. I just got my Jetpack mobile phone. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Is it going to publish daily, Chris? <laughs> it's, it's, that's not the Jetpack, if it writes daily. Jet, <laughs> George, is Jetpack going to write daily? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> But I mean, so we have SVGs. The reason why we'd want to use an SVG is because of the scalability factor, and also because of the fact that you can um, the file size is going to be a lot smaller depending on the complexity of it. I mean, at some point you could probably make an SVG that's way too complex, and the file would be large. But you know, right? I mean, that'd probably be the only thing I could think of. Well, and and images are only one way to help your. Uh, 
to help your site get faster, right? I mean, we're talking about SVGs and images as a way to keep your site loading fast, but there are several other ways to help the, improve the performance of your overall site, right, guys? Yeah, I mean, not to rehash many old shows that I'm sure Jason will link to in the description below, uh, but uh, there's back-end caching, there's front-end minification and concatenation of assets. Uh, there's dozens of ways that you can uh, just make things get to your clients and your end users quicker. Um, I'm just not, though, if we were to talk about all of them, we'd be here three hours from now still scratching the surface. Yeah, episode 4089 and 96. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the focus of this topic, at least my intention for this topic, was to really talk about specifically file size, image size, what George just mentioned, file size when it comes to minification, and that stuff does really matter, and I think in my opinion, some of that's gotten just sort of thrown by the wayside with recent web design. I mean, you look at the size of some of the pages that you're surfing, and it's ridiculous. I mean, I, you know, I come from an era, and I'm going to date myself a little bit here, where, you know, um, 50, 100K was too large for a web page. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was that was a really large web page. He was putting shock shockwave on a floppy disk, folks. Just I was. I actually. I actually. jQuery in hundred k. I actually was, and now I mean, you know, now when I see a, you see a page, pages are typically a megabyte or or, or more, and that's just uh, the text on the page. That's not even like the you know the twelve sliders that are on it that have you know the three thousand <laughs> pixel images on it. But where it really what really matters is. Um, when you're talking about large-scale websites, well, it matters on every website. I mean, before, you know, all, all the stuff matters on every website. When you get to this large-scale website, every kilobyte matters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So one thing you should consider doing, uh, WordPress internally when you upload an image is going to compress that image when it makes a thumbnails. Uh, mm -hmm. There is a filter in core you can use uh, called JPEG quality where you can, by default, it saves as the 90% quality. But if you want smaller file sizes, you can decrease that. If you want uh, higher file sizes but more fidelity to the original, you can also increase that as well. So one of the services I use on my site, um, because I'm, I'm often loading up uh, images, right, and photographic images, if you will, um, is I use a site that I don't know if any of you guys use called Kraken, K-R-A-K-E-N dot I-O. Release the Kraken! Exactly. Yeah. I was waiting for that. <laughs> it allows me to say I'm using the Kraken or release the Kraken almost every day if I feel like it. Um, but uh, but uh, it's it's um, Kraken without a C, right? Uh, Kraken.io. Uh, and it is a service that when you upload your images, and you can put it in as, the, as a plug-in to WordPress, when you upload your images, it actually, it's a SaaS, so it actually goes out to another server, it compresses the image and brings back the image in your uh, install that is uh, much, much smaller, right? 70, 80% reduction in file size um, without without considerable loss of, of what it looks like. And it's, uh, it's very cool. So um, I was using, uh, Jetpack has a Photon service, uh, which is also very awesome. Um, so you may want to take a look at um, you may want to take a look at, at that Jetpack has a solution. If you're already using Jetpack, you may want to add Photon. I had some little issues here and there, and then I started uh, with that. So I started playing with Kraken, and it's been it's been awesome. Though you do pay, right? Just heads up. Um, uh, but it's they have a free service that you can upload an image every now and then if that's if that's what you're doing. 
but it, you know, it, it, it could be very cool. You might want to take a look at it. Did you say that you, you're using their plugin as well? Yeah, I'm using the Kraken plugin into WordPress. So all I do in WordPress is the exact same thing I always do. I upload an image. It takes a slight extra second um, because it actually loads it, runs it out to the SaaS, gets it converted, brings it back, saves it, and then I'm good to go. So this is akin to, like, uh, Smush It or something like that. Yeah, but better. Well, Smush It tends to be a bit more towards pings and optimizing those. Uh, just because pings are a lossless format, JPEGs is always going to be some loss. It's just a question of how much you're willing to tolerate. And I think this is important not just for developers, but this is important for content creators or any users of WordPress, right? Because if, if a, a, somebody's creating content and they're uploading images, if they're uploading an image and embedding this full-size image, they're going to have the same issue that we're talking about. Yeah, okay, I think that happens a lot with uh, real estate agents. I hear lots of stories of those. They, they take these pictures with their phones that are absolutely huge, and then they upload them to their site with, with no uh, image compression or anything, and they're wondering why their site loads slow. It's not huge. Does it's WordPress just, support raw? Here, Dave? It's, just, it's just this. It's, it's not oh, big. Yeah, it's not that big. <laughs> I, mean, I can I hold it in my hand. We shouldn't upload raw files. If plugin developers and theme developers could stop using the full image size on the front end uh -huh. if you don't really need full because a lot of folks aren't accounting for the fact that someone might upload an image that's first thousand pixels wide. What was that? What was that? It was something from the Lama. Release the Kraken! <laughs> I'm so scared now. I'm by the ocean, guys. That was scary. That was scary. We didn't know you were so literal. He's uh, Chris has instructions. Chris, go release the Kraken, my friend. <laughs> the Kraken wants out. It's needing attention. One so, thing, too, with Chris's solution that's pretty cool is it's the thing when you're thinking of optimization, because so many servers, you know, I'm getting the server side optimization. How many the shared hosts? They get mad at you for running too many resources. Kraken offloading that as opposed to Smush It, which does everything locally. That's a really big difference. Uh, no, Smush It does not use do things locally. It runs it through it Yahoo. It runs it through oh, Yahoo's I'm sorry, Smush I it service. Okay. okay, I didn't realize that. I thought it was doing it locally, so never mind then. So what type what of, what kind of you know, like, since we have Chris talking, like what type of stuff have you guys done with iThemes? You know, use, either using SVGs or using you know any of this sort of stuff. I don't do anything with that side. I I have, I have designers and front end guys that take care of that part. We use uh, people for that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> minions. <laughs> yes, millions of minions. I do very little anymore, even with CSS sometimes in the plugin, other than just implementing a couple things. I mean, my bigger issue with optimization is things like the file change. When I'm scanning your whole site and pulling in every file and MD5 in it, you know, hashing it, that's where I worry more about optimization rather than the images, just the processing optimization, because that can get ridiculously heavy. That's what I've heard, especially with Smush It, because it does go through everything in your site and resizes it. One of the tools that I was going to mention, uh, we talked about um, page size earlier, and, and uh, is is Pingdom that I use pretty often. So Ping Pingdom Tools has a free service which will analyze your page and tell you what where the heavy uh, um, load times are on your page, whether it's images or CSS or JavaScript or something. So it's a good thing to use if you're concerned about page size. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Google Chrome has a, a tool for that also. 
yep. uh, the, the page slice tool in, in Chrome. That's in, the really useful. In, in the developer tools? Yeah, yeah. It also will tell you things like uh, you're not compressing uh, CSS and JavaScript, or you can set up browser-side caching. Those are HD access rules that you can set up to, to help with that. So there's a lot of things that will point out and tell you kind of in ranked order, too, which ones you should do first, which are most important. So that's really another. There's another a similar plugin for Chrome and I think Firefox called YSlow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. YSlow, that's made by Yahoo, I believe. And yeah. there's also there's an extension for uh, page Google PageSpeed mm-hmm. is another one. Mm-hmm. So I one thing I tell you too is that how many hundreds of requests you have. It always amazes me. Everybody's worried about getting one yeah. image small and doesn't worry about the 126 requests that they're making. Yep. Yeah, if you can combine some of your themes images into sprites and download one image instead of 30 or 40, or that helps use a lot a, too. Or use a font, uh, yes. which can have a bunch of icons, but then you can't have like the gradients or multicolored ones. But, mm. but flat it's a trade-off. Everything's mm. a trade-off. Yeah. And since we were talking about optimizations, <laughs> since we were talking about optimization, some of these um, in some of these analyzer tools, one of the ones that I use as well is the um, W3C validator. Oh yeah. Um, so even though that's not necessarily file size related, the more of those errors you can get out of your HTML, the better your site's going to load. At the same point, don't let the validation be the be all and end all because Agreed. I mean. Plug Google's homepage into the validators on time and see how much it uh, costs and sputters. Focus more on what works and what will be accessible and what will work well for your users. Well, when you're looking at those things, there's a difference between errors and warnings. So if you try to kind of work out the errors, the warnings can, eh, it, yeah, you may or may not have to worry about those. Well, well it's a little too Another big point there with accessible, though, too. Your, your keyword there is accessible. I mean, that's, that's something that tends to get really thrown by the, wise, you know, by the wayside with all this optimization. So that's a, that could be a big part of it if you're throwing in 100 images and expecting you know, a blind person to figure out what your site is, so on and so forth. There's some advantage just to optimi- optimizing to help with accessibility in a lot of cases. And that, that's, that's a big deal, and it's becoming an even bigger deal. Um, some countries, from what I understand, will actually block your site if you're not accessible. Wow. Uh, they, That's I really important for a lot yet, of government sites, too. I think they're, they're writing legislation to, to go that route. It's, it's going there. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of tasks, too. There are more and more uh, requirements for that. If you're doing something for the government using taxpayer dollars, it has to be accessible. There's some great automated JavaScript runners and tools you can use to scan things, uh, just like uh, Quail, for example, um, that I'm... I'm not sure if anyone's done yet, but if not, I'm hoping to write something shortly that'll just like integrate with your WP admin post editor to scan your images and all your content and make sure you're actually doing your content in an accessibility friendly way as well. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. In, in, in my free time. In your free time. <laughs> the one the one issue I've had at different points is when I've tried to minify files, Steve. Um, I've minified them, and then they've been pushed to CDNs or whatever, and then uh, so that's ensuring that my content's available from several different points across the internet. And then something goes wrong with minification, and all of a sudden a file is no longer accessible, which causes a plugin to break, which causes my site to break or whatever. Uh, any any tips on how to do that? Right. <laughs> 
Who are, you, who are you asking that? Are you asking the group? I, I was asking you, Steve, because you mentioned minification, so I didn't know if you had the silver Actually, bullet and how to do it right. George, George mentioned it first, so I'm gonna I'm gonna follow it over to him. Oh gosh, <laughs> awesome. it's it's bouncing now. Well, that's the question of if you're CDNing things, how do you account for it if the CDN goes away? Um, we're very careful in Jetpack with Photon that we're not actually writing any Photon URLs to your database at any point. It's just a filter on the output points things to Photon instead of your local images, which makes it really easy to turn on, turn off, and do as you will. If you're doing something like a Rackspace CDN, and I don't know how each plugin does it, but just be careful and make sure that um, when you're moving to one solution, that you're not going to get permanently locked into that and that you can transition away from it just as easily. And that's a very important thing to consider whenever you're evaluating a solution for a given problem. Mm, having so an exit plan. plan. Yeah. Even Jetpack, though, what I've seen people do, and this isn't a knock on Jetpack, is they'll cache that front page after they get the photon URL. So you got to kind of watch, watch where you're generated and what you're keeping in that generation, too. That seems to be more of the problem with CDNs, in my experience. But then again, flushing a front full-page cache yeah. is normally that hard of a thing to do. Shouldn't be. Depends <laughs> on who we're talking about here. Yeah. I apologize. I misconstrued should and is. <laughs> <laughs> My my general comment on minification is it it it, it confuses me. Uh, it, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I and I haven't found the uh, the secret yeah, sauce. I, I had I had to stop because it just it just didn't work. Every time yeah. I would do it, I, I'd wait a day or two, and then something would break, and I'm like, ah, I can't I can't do this. Well, that and you're, it's you're kind of looking for a black box. You're like, I have all of these different files that all need to be combined into something. Um, let me just throw these at you, and then you'll figure it out, and then you'll spit out this one little link that well, says go well, to this the, page. The issue in minification, as far as I understand it, and again, I, I could be wrong, is you're taking a whole bunch of different files from different plugins, putting them in a very specific order, which I don't necessarily control, and, and putting them all together. And so if there's something wrong with one plugin's file, right, and, and that gets escaped out, all the rest of the files that you were going to bring in no longer get pulled in. And that means that then a series of plugins break. And if you're like me, where I use some plugins that are SaaS-related, which means they're connecting to other services, and those break, they have an impact on my site. And so, Especially if some scripts and some styles are loaded on a page-by-page -page basis. Mm -hmm. uh, that means that you might have a different concatenated bundle for every page. So what should be cached from one page to the next ordinarily would then have to get re-downloaded as the package changes. So I think it's something that we really need to be very careful of, and I would love to see a solution that basically requires some admin input to say, okay, these things I want to have and then they automatically get dequeued because they're already being quite like elsewhere. Like a minimal minification. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> I have Do I have, managed, I have managed hosting with Pagely, right? And so I've gone I've gone with them because I don't want to be involved in this. I, I really don't want to get smart about anything related to hosting and network and infrastructure and minification. And so I asked them and they're like, We can do the CDM, but we're probably not going to recommend the, the minification. I'm like, fine, then just do what you do and I'll get out of the way, right? Well, so, I think there's two things going on there. There's minification, which is crunching down the size of your JavaScript, removing comments, uh, same thing with CSS, and then there's concatenation. Yeah. And concatenation yeah. is where you can probably run into more problems, and you have different sets of JavaScript files that are concatenated for one page versus another, like George was saying. Uh, but minifying your JavaScript files by themselves shouldn't be causing that many problems, unless there's a bug in the minifier. 
I hate it when there's a bug in my minifier. It, it's such a pain. <sighs> <laughs> and really, most plugins should be theoretically minifying their own JavaScript and CSS versions, uh, ideally via a grunt or a gulp task, and then just saving them right alongside the raw versions. Okay, but this who, is, who names these technologies? Ideally. I mean, come on. And who, he's using should again. Who, actually, yes. Who names these technologies? Yeah, he said grunt and gulp, but actually what he meant was... <laughs> that's, that's, that's how you're supposed to pronounce those. <laughs> Release the Kraken. Release the Kraken. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a whole other show on just Grunt, Gulp, and other ways to not name your, your plugin. Wow, that models. show shouldn't go off the rails at all. No, no. not at all. <laughs> we're we're going to have Save Operate. Awesome. And, uh, and, and Can we keep our bourbons neat, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a pretty good uh, good place to stop here. Um <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for being on the show today. Um, you know, we got people that are traveling. We got people that are releasing Krakens. We had a lot of stuff going on the show here. So make sure you go to our website, dopwatercooler.com, and click on the links and subscribe over there. Click on the little thumbs up button wherever you see that. And if you see a subscribe button, we'd love to see you click on those too. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye.